part three chapter six sections two b and three of the possessed by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three chapter six a busy night section two b give me the pen kirillov cried suddenly quite unexpectedly in a positive frenzy dictate i'll sign anything i'll sign that i killed shatov even dictate while it amuses me i am not afraid of what the haughty slaves will think you will see for yourself that all that is secret shall be made manifest and you will be crushed i believe i believe pyotr stepanovitch jumped up from his seat and instantly handed him an inkstand and paper and began dictating seizing the moment quivering with anxiety i alexey kirillov declare stay i won't to whom am i declaring it kirillov was shaking as though he were in a fever this declaration and the sudden strange idea of it seemed to absorb him entirely as though it were a means of escape by which his tortured spirit strove for a moment's relief to whom am i declaring it i want to know to whom to no one every one the first person who reads it why define it the whole world the whole world bravo and i won't have any repentance i don't want penitence and i don't want it for the police no of course there's no need of it damn the police write if you are in earnest pyotr stepanovitch cried hysterically stay i want to put at the top a face with the tongue out ach what nonsense cried pyotr stepanovitch crossly you can express all that without the drawing by the tone by the tone that's true yes by the tone by the tone of it dictate the tone i alexey kirillov pyotr stepanovitch dictated firmly and peremptorily bending over kirillov's shoulder and following every letter which the latter formed with a hand trembling with excitement i kirillov declare that to-day the blank of october at about eight o'clock in the evening i killed the student shatov in the park for turning traitor and giving information of the manifestos and of fedka who has been lodging with us for ten days in filipov's house i am shooting myself to-day with my revolver not because i repent and am afraid of you but because when i was abroad i made up my mind to put an end to my life is that all cried kirillov with surprise and indignation not another word cried pyotr stepanovitch waving his hand attempting to snatch the document from him stay kirillov put his hand firmly on the paper stay it's nonsense i want to say with whom i killed him why fedka and what about the fire i want it all and i want to be abusive in tone too in tone enough kirillov i assure you it's enough cried pyotr stepanovitch almost imploringly trembling lest he should tear up the paper that they may believe you you must say it as obscurely as possible just like that simply in hints you must only give them a peep of the truth just enough to tantalize them they'll tell a story better than ours and of course they'll believe themselves more than they would us and you know it's better than anything better than anything let me have it it's splendid as it is give it to me give it to me and he kept trying to snatch the paper kirillov listened open-eyed and seemed to be trying to reflect but he seemed beyond understanding now damn it all pyotr stepanovitch cried all at once ill-humouredly he hasn't signed it why are you staring like that sign i want to abuse them muttered kirillov he took the pen however and signed i want to abuse them write vive la republique and that will be enough bravo kirillov almost bellowed with delight vive la republique démocratique sociale et universelle ou l'amour no no that's not it 
liberté égalité fraternité ou la mort there that's better that's better he wrote it gleefully under his signature enough enough repeated pyotr stepanovitch stay a little more i'll sign it again in french you know de kirillov gentilhomme russe et citoyen du monde aha he went off in a peal of laughter no 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 stay i found something better than all eureka gentilhomme seminariste russe et citoyen du monde civilise that's better than any he jumped up from the sofa and suddenly with a rapid gesture snatched up the revolver from the window ran with it into the next room and closed the door behind him pyotr stepanovitch stood for a moment pondering and gazing at the door if he does it at once perhaps he'll do it but if he begins thinking nothing will come of it meanwhile he took up the paper sat down and looked at it again the wording of the document pleased him again what's needed for the moment what's wanted is to throw them all off the scent and keep them busy for a time the park there's no park in the town and they'll guess it's skvoreshniki of themselves but while they are arriving at that time will be passing then the search will take time too then when they find the body it will prove that the story is true and it will follow that it's all true that it's true about fedka too and fedka explains the fire the lebyadkins so that it was all being hatched here at filipov's while they overlooked it and saw nothing that will quite turn their heads they will never think of the quintet shatov and kirillov and fedka and lebyadkin and why they killed each other that will be another question for them oh damn it all i don't hear the shot though he had been reading and admiring the wording of it he had been listening anxiously all the time and he suddenly flew into a rage he looked anxiously at his watch it was getting late and it was fully ten minutes since kirillov had gone out snatching up the candle he went to the door of the room where kirillov had shut himself up he was just at the door when the thought struck him that the candle had burnt out that it would not last another twenty minutes and that there was no other in the room he took hold of the candle and listened warily he did not hear the slightest sound he suddenly opened the door and lifted up the candle something uttered a roar and rushed at him he slammed the door with all his might and pressed his weight against it but all sounds died away and again there was death-like stillness he stood for a long while irresolute with the candle in his hand he had been able to see very little in the second he held the door open but he had caught a glimpse of the face of kirillov standing at the other end of the room by the window and the savage fury with which the latter had rushed upon him pyotr stepanovitch started rapidly set the candle on the table made ready his revolver and retreated on tiptoe to the farthest corner of the room so that if kirillov opened the door and rushed up to the table with the revolver he would still have time to be the first to aim and fire pyotr stepanovitch had by now lost all faith in the suicide he was standing in the middle of the room thinking flashed like a whirlwind through pyotr stepanovitch's mind and the room was dark and horrible too he roared and rushed at me there are two possibilities either i interrupted him at the very second when he was pulling the trigger or or he was standing planning how to kill me yes that's it he was planning it he knows i won't go away without killing him if he funks it himself so that he would have to kill me first to prevent my killing him and again again there is silence i am really frightened he may open the door all of a sudden the nuisance of it is that he believes in god like any priest he won't shoot himself for anything there are lots of these people nowadays who've come to it of themselves a rotten lot oh damn it the candle the candle it'll go out within a quarter of an hour for certain 
i must put a stop to it come what may i must put a stop to it now i can kill him with that document here no one would think of my killing him i can put him in such an attitude on the floor with an unloaded revolver in his hand that they'd be certain he'd done it himself ach damn it how is one to kill him if i open the door he'll rush out again and shoot me first damn it all he'll be sure to miss he was in agonies trembling at the necessity of action and his own indecision at last he took up the candle and again approached the door with the revolver held up in readiness he put his left hand in which he held the candle on the door-handle but he managed awkwardly the handle clanked there was a rattle and a creak he will fire straight away flashed through pyotr stepanovitch's mind with his foot he flung the door open violently raised the candle and held out the revolver but no shot nor cry came from within there was no one in the room he started the room led nowhere there was no exit no means of escape from it he lifted the candle higher and looked about him more attentively there was certainly no one he called kirillov's name in a low voice then again louder no one answered can he have got out by the window the casement in one window was in fact open absurd he couldn't have got away through the casement pyotr stepanovitch crossed the room and went up to the window he couldn't possibly all at once he turned round quickly and was aghast at something extraordinary against the wall facing the windows on the right of the door stood a cupboard on the right side of this cupboard in the corner formed by the cupboard and the wall stood kirillov and he was standing in a very strange way motionless perfectly erect with his arms held stiffly at his sides his head raised and pressed tightly back against the wall in the very corner he seemed to be trying to conceal and efface himself everything seemed to show that he was hiding yet somehow it was not easy to believe it pyotr stepanovitch was standing a little sideways to the corner and could only see the projecting parts of the figure he could not bring himself to move to the left to get a full view of kirillov and solve the mystery his heart began beating violently and he felt a sudden rush of blind fury he started from where he stood and shouting and stamping with his feet he rushed to the horrible place but when he reached kirillov he stopped short again still more overcome horror-stricken what struck him most was that in spite of his shout and his furious rush the figure did not stir did not move in a single limb as though it were of stone or of wax the pallor of the face was unnatural the black eyes were quite unmoving and were staring away at a point in the distance pyotr stepanovitch lowered the candle and raised it again lighting up the figure from all points of view and scrutinizing it he suddenly noticed that although kirillov was looking straight before him he could see him and was perhaps watching him out of the corner of his eye then the idea occurred to him to hold the candle right up to the wretch's face to scorch him and see what he would do he suddenly fancied that kirillov's chin twitched and that something like a mocking smile passed over his lips as though he had guessed pyotr stepanovitch's thought he shuddered and beside himself clutched violently at kirillov's shoulder then something happened so hideous and so soon over that pyotr stepanovitch could never afterwards recover a coherent impression of it he had hardly touched kirillov when the latter bent down quickly and with his head knocked the candle out of pyotr stepanovitch's hand the candlestick fell with a clang on the ground and the candle went out at the same moment he was conscious of a fearful pain in the little finger of his left hand he cried out 
and all that he could remember was that beside himself he hit out with all his might and struck three blows with the revolver on the head of kirillov who had bent down to him and had bitten his finger at last he tore away his finger and rushed headlong to get out of the house feeling his way in the dark he was pursued by terrible shouts from the room directly 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 ten times but he still ran on and was running into the porch when he suddenly heard a loud shot then he stopped short in the dark porch and stood deliberating for five minutes at last he made his way back into the house but he had to get the candle he had only to feel on the floor on the right of the cupboard for the candlestick but how was he to light the candle there suddenly came into his mind a vague recollection he recalled that when he had run into the kitchen the day before to attack fedka he had noticed in passing a large red box of matches in a corner on a shelf feeling with his hands he made his way to the door on the left leading to the kitchen found it crossed the passage and went down the steps on the shelf on the very spot where he had just recalled seeing it he felt in the dark a full unopened box of matches he hurriedly went up the steps again without striking a light and it was only when he was near the cupboard at the spot where he had struck kirillov with a revolver and been bitten by him that he remembered his bitten finger and at the same instant was conscious that it was unbearably painful clenching his teeth he managed somehow to light the candle-end set it in the candlestick again and looked about him near the open casement with his feet towards the right-hand corner lay the dead body of kirillov the shot had been fired at the right temple and the bullet had come out at the top on the left shattering the skull there were splashes of blood and brains the revolver was still in the suicide's hand on the floor death must have been instantaneous after a careful look round pyotr stepanovitch got up and went out on tiptoe closed the door left the candle on the table in the outer room thought a moment and resolved not to put it out reflecting that it could not possibly set fire to anything looking once more at the document left on the table he smiled mechanically and then went out of the house still for some reason walking on tiptoe he crept through fedka's hole again and carefully replaced the posts after him section three precisely at ten minutes to six pyotr stepanovitch and erkel were walking up and down the platform at the railway station beside a rather long train pyotr stepanovitch was setting off and erkel was saying good-bye to him the luggage was in and his bag was in the seat he had taken in a second-class carriage the first bell had rung already they were waiting for the second pyotr stepanovitch looked about him openly watching the passengers as they got into the train but he did not meet anyone he knew well only twice he nodded to acquaintances a merchant whom he knew slightly and then a young village priest who was going to his parish two stations away erkel evidently wanted to speak of something of importance in the last moments though possibly he did not himself know exactly of what but he could not bring himself to begin he kept fancying that pyotr stepanovitch seemed anxious to get rid of him and was impatient for the last bell you look at everyone so openly he observed with some timidity as though he would have warned him why not it would not do for me to conceal myself at present it's too soon don't be uneasy all i am afraid of is that the devil might send liputin this way he might scent me out and race off here pyotr stepanovitch they are not to be trusted erkel brought out resolutely liputin none of them pyotr stepanovitch nonsense they are all bound by what happened yesterday there isn't one who would turn traitor 
people won't go to certain destruction unless they've lost their reason pyotr stepanovitch but they will lose their reason evidently that idea had already occurred to pyotr stepanovitch too and so erkel's observation irritated him the more you are not in a funk too are you erkel i rely on you more than on any of them i've seen now what each of them is worth tell them to-day all i've told you i leave them in your charge go round to each of them this morning read them my written instructions to-morrow or the day after when you are all together and they are capable of listening again and believe me they will be by to-morrow for they'll be in an awful funk and that will make them as soft as wax the great thing is that you shouldn't be downhearted ah pyotr stepanovitch it would be better if you weren't going away but i am only going for a few days i shall be back in no time pyotr stepanovitch erkel brought out warily but resolutely what if you were going to petersburg of course i understand that you are only doing what's necessary for the cause i expected as much from you erkel if you have guessed that i am going to petersburg you can realize that i couldn't tell them yesterday at that moment that i was going so far for fear of frightening them you saw for yourself what a state they were in but you understand that i am going for the cause for work of the first importance for the common cause and not to save my skin as liputin imagines pyotr stepanovitch what if you were going abroad i should understand i should understand that you must be careful of yourself because you are everything and we are nothing i shall understand pyotr stepanovitch the poor boy's voice actually quivered thank you erkel ay you've touched my bad finger erkel had pressed his hand awkwardly the bad finger was discreetly bound up in black silk but i tell you positively again that i am going to petersburg only to sniff round and perhaps shall only be there for twenty-four hours and then back here again at once when i come back i shall stay at gaganov's country place for the sake of appearances if there is any notion of danger i should be the first to take the lead and share it if i stay longer in petersburg i'll let you know at once in the way we've arranged and you'll tell them the second bell rang ah then there's only five minutes before the train starts i don't want the group here to break up you know i am not afraid don't be anxious about me i have plenty of such centres and it's not much consequence but there's no harm in having as many centres as possible but i am quite at ease about you though i am leaving you almost alone with those idiots don't be uneasy they won't turn traitor they won't have the pluck ha ha you going to-day too he cried suddenly in a quite different cheerful voice to a very young man who came up gaily to greet him i didn't know you were going by the express too where are you off to your mother's the mother of the young man was a very wealthy landowner in a neighbouring province and the young man was a distant relation of yulia mihailovna's and had been staying about a fortnight in our town no i am going farther to r i've eight hours to live through in the train off to petersburg laughed the young man what makes you suppose i must be going to petersburg said pyotr stepanovitch laughing even more openly the young man shook his gloved finger at him well you've guessed right pyotr stepanovitch whispered to him mysteriously i am going with letters from yulia mihailovna and have to call on three or four personages as you can imagine bother them all to speak candidly it's a beastly job but why is she in such a panic tell me the young man whispered too she wouldn't see even me yesterday i don't think she has anything to fear for her husband quite the contrary he fell down so creditably at the fire ready to sacrifice his life so to speak well there it is laughed pyotr stepanovitch 
you see she is afraid that people may have written from here already that is some gentleman the fact is stavrogin is at the bottom of it or rather prince k ah it's a long story i'll tell you something about it on the journey if you like as far as my chivalrous feelings will allow me at least this is my relation lieutenant erkel who lives down here the young man who had been stealthily glancing at erkel touched his hat erkel made a bow but i say verkovensky eight hours in the train is an awful ordeal beristov the colonel an awfully funny fellow is travelling with me in the first class he is a neighbour of ours in the country and his wife is a garen nee de garin and you know that he is a very decent fellow he's got ideas too he's only been here a couple of days he's passionately fond of whist couldn't we get up a game eh i've already fixed on a fourth Prepulov, our merchant from tea with a beard a millionaire i mean it a real millionaire you can take my word for it i'll introduce you he is a very interesting money-bag we shall have a laugh i shall be delighted and i am awfully fond of cards in the train but i am going second class nonsense that's no matter get in with us i'll tell them directly to move you to the first class the chief guard would do anything i tell him what have you got a bag a rug first rate come along pyotr stepanovitch took his bag his rug and his book and at once and with alacrity transferred himself to the first class erkel helped him the third bell rang well erkel hurriedly and with a preoccupied air pyotr stepanovitch held out his hand from the window for the last time you see i am sitting down to cards with them why explain pyotr stepanovitch i understand i understand it all well au revoir pyotr stepanovitch turned away suddenly on his name being called by the young man who wanted to introduce him to his partners and erkel saw nothing more of pyotr stepanovitch he returned home very sad not that he was alarmed at pyotr stepanovitch's leaving them so suddenly but he had turned away from him so quickly when that young swell had called to him and he might have said something different to him not au revoir or or at least have pressed his hand more warmly that last was bitterest of all something else was beginning to gnaw in his poor little heart something which he could not understand himself yet something connected with the evening before End of chapter six recording by expatriate in bangor maine